Welcome to the Push-Pull Sales and Marketing Podcast. I'm Marcello. And I'm Sherry. And each episode will provide you with sales and marketing strategies that you can implement immediately into your own business. So uh, if you haven't noticed, I don't have Sherry on board for uh, for this podcast today. Um, we're still obviously going to do the, uh, the joint podcast. Still going to have some guest speakers and all that good stuff. But Sherry... Uh, has been extremely, extremely busy, as have I. So again, in order to keep putting out as much content as possible and keeping our listeners happy, um, you know, so we can put something out a little bit more consistently, uh, we will have some individual podcasts as well. But again, we'll still have the normal fork, the normal format, uh, and still obviously have some uh, have some guests, uh, some guests uh, on on the podcast as well. So really quick, I uh, just wanted to. Um, reference our sponsor today which we've referenced before and that's Blinkist. Uh, if you don't know what Blinkist is, Blinkist is an awesome service. So I, I know recently I was talking to somebody who's like, well I don't even know. There's so many good sales books, you know, and I, I just don't have the time. And how many people can 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 really admit to that? So in terms of resources and just personal development, what Blinkist does, it basically takes a whole book and it finds the nuggets in those books and it narrows it down to, I want to say, 10 to 15 minute, if that, quick reads. So if you head over to pushpullsales.com slash quick read, you can actually sign up for a free trial of Blinkist and see for yourself. But again, I've personally been using Blinkist now for over two years. It's a great service uh, and I highly, highly recommend it. Um, but anyways, uh, today's topic, we're going to talk about, and by we, I mean me, uh, I'm going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes I've made in my selling career. Uh, reason why I wanted to cover this, uh, it's funny if you look on Facebook, you look on Instagram, you look on uh, Twitter, Snapchat, and all those different things, people are basically putting out their best self out there. You know, you don't see as much of what's actually happened uh, behind the scenes. Same thing in terms of anyone who is really, really successful. Um, we don't always have as much time to talk about the actual uh, struggles and, 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 some of the, and some of the lessons that we actually learned along the way and kind of distilled into, into terms of more of best practices. So obviously keeping things transparent. Uh, when I first got into sales, and I've mentioned this in other podcasts before too, uh, I think I didn't sell anything 100% straight commission for two weeks. So I got the uh, second part of the three part, uh, uh, I don't know, it might be the third. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got the third part of the three part, uh, basic sales training then, which is, um, if you don't sell anything soon, we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to fire you. But uh, I found a way, uh, I, I made it work and I was one of the, uh, I was one of the top sales reps in that organization. Uh, again, and that was working hundred percent straight commission. So covering some of the biggest mistakes I've made in my career, first off, um, you, you know how they say that you want to put yourself in someone else's shoes. One of the biggest mistakes I made was putting my prospects actually in my own shoes. And what I mean by that is when I first started selling, I graduated college not too long ago. Um, I was working a hundred percent straight commission and some weeks were going very well. Some weeks weren't. And my wife at the time, uh, Sherry at the time, I think she was, I mean, she was like, barely 
barely making any money and she's working for, for a nonprofit organization. So when I would go out and I would present this product, which is a very, very expensive, very high end product, you know, and thinking about affordability for that customer, I was thinking about my own situation. I wasn't viewing things from the customer's perspective where, or even thinking like, well, this guy's a professor, this guy's a pharmacist, uh, this guy's an engineer, this guy has a doctor, this guy has a master's degree, or, or, or this lady, you know, she's been in the same position now for 30 years, she's a manager, she owns her own company, whatever. I was thinking about my actual financial situation, not necessarily the customer. So when it came time to price or it came time to affordability, I didn't really push as much as I should have, because I didn't really have that conviction, because again, I was thinking of my own personal situation. Um, so one of the biggest mistakes, and most most new sales reps who start off also make this mistake too, because you don't really have any kind of perspective. You don't really think about what it's like being being in the other person's shoes. And then same thing when you don't have experience. So likewise, if you're new to sales and you're calling on a business or you're calling on an organization and you've never actually worked in a small organization, you've never worked in a medium-sized organization, you've never worked in a large organization before except for your own company, you will have things in your head and you will assume oh, well, this person's really busy or, you know, like they don't want to talk to me. There's just no way people in this industry don't talk to people, blah, blah, blah. Whereas now that I've worked in a variety of different industries, I can think about, okay, so what what does that small business look like? And what and what are the inner workings? Like how do people act? Like how is the actual decision-making process, you know, and, and who gets through who, you know, like, because again, there are people who are going to get through. There are people, again, you, even when you think, oh, I've been hung up on before. It's hard to get into small businesses. The owner's so busy. He doesn't have time to talk to me. There are people who get through and there are services. And there are products that are being bought. But one of the biggest mistakes I made, again, is um, from a whole perspective standpoint is not being able to visualize and not doing enough research to really see what the client's actual perspective is. Uh, another big mistake I've made, and other people have made this mistake too, um, is forgetting the 60-90 day rule. Um, for some organizations, it might be a 30 or 45 day rule. And basically what that comes down to is prospecting. Uh, if and, and I've seen someone else explain this, and I've explained it this way. If you think about sales and getting a deal and getting something in place, uh, anything, any person, any whatever I do that I prospect today, I'm not going to see any kind of success for that. Typically, 30, 45, 60, 90 days down the road. And what happens is, is like taking a football and throwing it 60 days out, 90 days out. I'm just throwing a deal down the road. And what happens is, is once you get caught up to that time when you start collecting commissions, when everything starts working on all those different deals, you think everything's hunky-dory, then you stop prospecting. Then when you stop prospecting, 30, 45, 60, 90 days, whatever further out from that date, you hit a slump, you hit a drought, and things don't work well. So one of the biggest mistakes I've made in my in my selling career is actually forgetting that. Um, and that actually leads up into another kind of kind of related mistake there. And that would be calling on the exact same prospects over and over and over and over again. Uh, without having a full pipeline. So what happens in those situations, depending on when someone is ready to buy, you can keep calling on the same people over and over again where maybe maybe that's not the right buying window and push them away from you so that, that way when they are in the right buying window, you're not going to be able to get the business. And, and a lot of times that happens out of desperation. And I've talked about this in other podcasts. If you need the sale, if you're desperate, it shows. People can tell. 
Um, so the main thing obviously is, is, you know, to continuously prospect, keep that consistent, set aside time every week, set aside time every day, and always, always, always have that in place. Um, another one, and, 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 and this one kind of relates, uh, what I like to call, uh, hopium. Uh, I'm not sure if that was Brian Tracy or someone else who, 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 who um, who coined that term, but pretty much hopium is, when you're forecasting uh, way, way too high or you're, you just have this belief that, oh, well, this person's going to call me back if I don't get, you know, if I don't call him or I'm going to have this or whatever. Like it's uh, and it, it, it's hard. It's hard to coin it this way. Like, like you, obviously in sales, you need to be optimistic. But in the same token, you need to be realistic in terms of how much prospecting you, you need and really where that customer lies in the actual uh, buying window and what the actual likelihood of the sale is. Now, as a manager, I spent a lot, a lot of time with my salespeople working specifically on that and saying, hey, like, okay, if you had a rank, if you had a rank, you know, like this one on a scale from one to 10, how likely you think this one is to close? What would you say? And sometimes I would get very, very optimistic numbers without basic information. Like, I'm like, all right, great. Well, what's this person's last name? Oh, I don't know. How long has this person been with the company? I don't know. Okay. And what's this person's title? I don't know. If you answered no to any of those questions, the likelihood of that of that being a 10 or a 9 or an 8 on that scale is very, very unlikely. So I'd spend a lot of time with that. So, and that way you could avoid the next mistake. Focusing on too many prospects. I've done this before. Uh, I'm, my brain goes all over the place. I think very, very quickly. I like to move. I like to be mobile. And again, like even when I would be making calls in the office and stuff like that, I'd walk around and be all over the place. Same thing in terms of prospecting. You can't focus on too many prospects. You need to focus on the best prospects first. Okay. The ones obviously that had the highest potential, the highest likelihood to close or some kind of relationship or some kind of item that you can measure and, 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 and move things along the sale. So I've done that. I've, I've done that before. I focused on so many different prospects. I called so many different people where I didn't have enough follow up with the actual ones that I needed to. So narrow it down first, focus on the top quality prospects first and then move along. Cause there's only so many hours in a day. Client's going to need something. Uh, some reports going to be done. You're going to get dragged into some meeting that you didn't want to go to. Something is going to happen. So again, don't make that mistake. You don't want to be the person who does that. Who again, you're all over the place. And then when it comes time to forecast, you either over over forecast or you under forecast. Again, another mistake I've made in my career. I've over forecasted before, thinking this is going to make me look good, you know, blah blah blah. And then when that forecast doesn't come in, it looks bad. And then likewise, under forecasting is like, all right. Well, great. I'm just going to under forecast here because last time when I over forecasted, it, 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 you know, it, 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 it didn't look good. Um, but again, having that in place, um, which works out actually to my uh, next mistake I've made, which is not tracking things. Um, so when I would over forecast, when I would under forecast, I really wasn't tracking where somebody was in the actual uh, sales process. And really what I was doing at that point combination of hopium, combination of, of not actually tracking, um, would, would just be just kind of going on. I'm like, well, you know, I think this one's going to close very quickly. Uh, well, the last one closed very quickly. So I think this deal is going to close, 
uh, very, very, very quickly. Um, but again, I've made this mistake from an inside sales uh, standpoint. I've made that working for you know Fortune 500 company. I, I obviously picked up on that mistake uh, very quickly. But that's one thing where where I wasn't really tracking where things were along in the process. I was always tracking calls. I was always tracking like how many like dials and, and all that stuff that, that I actually made. But I wasn't really tracking where I was at in the process. And that obviously is is an actual mistake. And again, in terms of tracking things and CRMs like we, we we've obviously referred to great resources on that but you need to find what works for you and you need to figure out those metrics and stick to them you don't want to jump around all over the place which is another mistake I've made um, not really you know having the the, the actual key results indicators uh, in place so basically meaning having too many things to track and worrying about too many different variables versus maybe the two or three things, thinking about that hedgehog concept, thinking about going from good to great, what actually needs to be done. Um, from a pricing standpoint, and I'm sure everyone's done this in the past too, uh, and that's and that's hiding from the price or, or, or kind of skirting that at the end. And one thing I like uh, about having Anthony Anarino on the show, great guy, awesome, awesome sales trainer. Uh, he worded it very well. He's like, you know what? Um, you know, I'm going to tell you up front, you know, my product or, or, or my service is going to be more money. Uh, but based on the outcome that you want and based off of, you know, my past experience and, and experience with other people like yours, you know, I think my product or I think my service is going to be the best bet for you. Would you mind if I actually explain it to you? Obviously, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, if you say like, oh, it's not, it's going to be comparable and it's not or the price is going to be close and you think that building all that value and, and, and not having that, you know, mentioned to the end is going to work. Yeah, sometimes it will, but sometimes it won't. So it's better if you have a higher price, you know, be ready to justify that. And likewise, don't don't be afraid to even mention the price. I mean, sometimes, you know, starting off in sales, again, putting my customer in my shoes at the time, you know, thinking like, oh my gosh, this is like $20,000. Like, you know, and at that time, like I didn't, I didn't have $20,000 lying around. Um, having that in place and just worrying about like, oh my gosh, it's like a really, really big number. Um, whereas now, no matter what I'm saying, whatever the price is, I'm going to say that with confidence. Like, well, oh my gosh, it's like, it's like $300 a month. That's $3,000. That's $10,000. That's $300,000 or you're 5% more, whatever it is. If I know and I'm confident in whatever, whatever I'm backing, I'm a hundred percent, hundred percent okay with the price, and I'm not going to shy away from that. Again, I'm not even, I'm not even scared to bring that up up front um, if there actually is a need in place, or or or, or if I actually see that, um, which actually leads to another mistake I've made, and I'm sure other people have made this mistake, and that's talking too much. Um, sometimes you can have someone who's pretty much ready to go, and you somehow put them in your normal sales process. You put them in the A to Z, let's say step one, step two, step three, step four. And they're just like, hey, shut up and give me, give me, sh- 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 shut up and take my money. People are in that process. So what you want to do in that situation, again, just just narrow things down a little bit and just shut up. You, you know, if someone's already done the research, which most customers have on your product or on your service, you don't need to oversell. You don't need to overgo through everything. Um, one mistake I've made in my career, and this one I remember it very, very vividly. Um, I had a sales trainer came in. Um, I mean, he originally was um, he was a coworker of mine. They got promoted to trainer. He was working on the on the national uh, level there, and he came in and he shadowed me for a day, and I'll never forget. And he didn't he didn't do anything to like bail me out. And I really appreciate that. 
I was with a customer. This is an in-home selling environment. And, um, you know, just started talking a little bit. I got nervous. And then I just basically went right through any kind of excuse or anything to kind of button up the actual interaction or make some excuse like, oh, this person's not here. It's not the decision maker, blah, blah, blah. When in fact, she was a decision maker, but I didn't build a rapport, you know. So obviously later on when we brought up a lot of money or we wanted to do different things, you know, like, hey, like I need a little bit more information, customer shut down. Customer shut down. It was not a good interaction. Uh, and the first thing he said is, you know what, there was no rapport. Um, and again, you can build a rapport very, very quickly, um, but you can't you can't forget it. Rapport can be, again, if you follow the straight line persuasion, it can be just in your talk and your whole tonality and what you say and how you say it. It can be in that body language, and it's definitely, definitely going to be conveyed. It's going to be as, as simple as just really quickly finding common ground without, obviously, the corny, you know, seeing, like, the fishing trophy. Huh, you fish. Um, but again, I've made that mistake before, um, you know, another mistake I've made. And again, this is very, very hard for me. Uh, this was being in a hundred percent commissioned, uh, role and, and even, even situations where, where I wasn't hundred percent commissioned and that is not buttoning up the sale. Meaning basically when you follow someone through an actual sales process, you have everything else, right? But at the end, there's some kind of doubt. There's something that you didn't do to fully seal the deal where the customer can actually cancel it. So that that can come in a variety of different things. Um, there are times where, you know, I basically had that hopium. I heard what I wanted to hear. I had someone else listening in on my actual uh, sales process and the customer bought. Next day, customer canceled. Uh, reason why is because I didn't sense there and I didn't have the, um, I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the, um, consciousness basically to see that, you know, I didn't really have the sale. The customer was kind of on the fence there. I didn't really have things done. So again, in terms of that button up, you need to follow up with the customer and get them excited and make sure you go through the reasons why they're actually going to go through that process, especially when you have things where it's a very, very quick sale. So what the customer is going to get, um, you know, maybe you need to run through that again, one more time. If you actually sense that, Hey, like the customer's not ready. Likewise, Sometimes you don't need to do as much of a button up and you can make the opposite mistake, which we mentioned earlier, or we, I mentioned earlier, which is running through um, every single little nook and cranny when the customer has already done the resource uh, research. And I've had that happen where customers like, yep, um, yeah, I'm ready to go. What do I need to do? Okay, great. Um, do you have any questions? Nope, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to buy. Uh, so just not having that in place. Um, another common mistake uh, is and a lot of people make this, it's not following up enough. Uh, and this relates directly to focusing on too many prospects. So in, in an actual sales process and everything and having that in place, frequency, you know, that matters how and duration, how long it's spaced out, all that stuff matters. If you have a million different prospects and you're all over the place and you're not tracking things, you're going to make the same mistakes I have in the past, and that's not following up. And I know a million salespeople uh, who probably can relate to this, and just thinking about that, where the customer says, yeah, you know what, um, call me in six months, I'm not ready yet. Whatever kind of excuse, whatever reason, I'm, I'm going to be out of the country for a little bit, uh, this person's taking over, we're going through this, there's no budget, whatever kind of objection or whatever kind of stall or whatever that that pretty much derails the actual sales process and then you say okay great um you know but when the time's right you're gonna call me yeah i'll call you blah 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 
And then somehow customer goes to buy that product, customer goes to buy that service, and they forget about you. This could be as simple as someone who's in real estate and, you know, not having that person top of mind. And now it's even harder. And why it's more and more important to follow up is because people are overwhelmed with a lot of information. They're overwhelmed with different messages and different things. And it's so easy to forget, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm buying a house. I forgot about Rob, um, which in, in, in my opinion, I won't because my real estate guy went, he went above and beyond and I would recommend him um, to, to, you know, to a lot of people. But again, leading up to us actually purchasing the home and even afterward, he's doing everything possible to stay top of mind. He's following up before you even get someone as an actual as an actual client and then afterward. Um, so again, in terms of following up, that's one of the biggest, biggest things I think salespeople can work on. Um, and that's, again, going to tie into another mistake that I've made is not varying my tactics in terms of follow-up and not embracing new technology quick enough. So in thinking of tactics and thinking of different ways to actually get a touch point with a customer, um, if you're just calling on the phone, you know, and it's very hard to reach customers, you, there's going to be some people who you're going to get on the phone. Absolutely. Just, just by cold calling and dialing through. The same way if you send out a bunch of emails and stuff like that and you get some kind of response back, you can call them. And again, you're varying your approach a little bit. But if you don't use different ways to, to get a hold of customers or you don't vary your actual approach, you're not going to be as successful as you actually should be. So thinking about that when I was in inside sales, I just was calling on the phone. I was relying only, only, only on voicemail and call, voicemail and call, voicemail and call, whatever, whatever I could do on the phone. And that was it. And thinking about, okay, how can I mix up my messages a little bit? Maybe I'll call today. And again, we kind of learned that in terms of our marketing department and, and the little ideas that we got from them. All right, I'll call today. I'll leave, uh, I'll send an email tomorrow. I will mail something out next week. I will call this day. I'll change my email. I'll change the subject line. Uh, and now talking about embracing new technologies. And this is something I've worked with some of my salespeople in the past. Uh, and I've worked, um, you know, obviously helping out a, a couple, a couple other people as well in terms of what can you do to really get someone's attention? So easiest thing now to talk about embracing new technology, text messaging. Um, and I've, I've, I've told my salespeople, I've, I've told people who are just getting into sales, like, hey, like, what, what is a way where I can help cut the actual sales process down? Text messaging, LinkedIn, email, vary things up, but text messaging makes life so much easier. So, so again, talking about varying that approach. 10 years ago, that would be unheard of, just like texting like, like clients over and over again or just, just reaching out to a, to, a bunch of, to a bunch of different people through text. Now, uh, I have a buddy's organization. He asked for help. Um, you know, I said, okay, well, you know, for your salespeople. And, and, and then they asked you, like, all right, so, 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 so what should I do in this situation? Um, I told him, call them, leave them a voicemail, send them an email, shoot them a text message. And you'd be astonished at how quickly they can set appointments, how quickly they can get people, you know, talking about the product, talking about the service by doing that. In the past, I didn't really embrace it. I was like, oh, well, text messaging, it's not really as professional or whatever. And now now that I actually see the light, um, you know, I highly recommend to other people. In my current situation, that's something that, that obviously I can't use as freely. And there are some people who 
don't have that, uh, don't have that, they don't have that kind of freedom in terms of maybe they're in a very, um, regulated environment, thinking of insurance, thinking of banking. I remember in insurance, all the bells and not bells, all the hoops you'd have to jump through just to send a letter that wasn't exactly a stock letter. But that doesn't mean you can't change how you follow up and how you approach people. You still have company resources that are different. You still have different email templates. You still have different letters you can send. Sometimes you can just be as simple as stopping by. You know, again, outside sales, sometimes people are so caught up in, let me just be on the phone, let me call, set an appointment, set an appointment, set an appointment. Sometimes you just need to get out on the road and talk to customers. Um, let's see what else I wrote down a bunch. So obviously I'm not, I'm not a perfect person. I've learned, I've learned a lot in the last, uh, couple years here, but I figured I would, uh, I'd share that. Let's see. Oh, uh, one of the biggest mistakes you can make, and this is pretty much across the board, doesn't matter what you do. Um, and that's caring what other people think. Uh, I used to make this mistake all the time. I used to worry about, what people thought of me as a salesperson, like, oh my gosh, like you're, you're, you're in sales. You think of that. I like, you just think of like cheesy car salesmen. Like you're not really proud of your profession, uh, at, at, at certain points, or, or maybe if you're just starting off in sales. Uh, and I may, I've made that mistake. I made mistakes thinking about what my friends might think, what, what my coworkers might think, uh, what the customer might think, what, 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 what my boss might think. And just worrying about what what other people think again. If I'm doing the right thing, and if I'm just following my process, or if I'm trying new things and I'm taking a risk, so what? Go for it. You know, don't worry about what 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 other people think. One of, one of my favorite quotes is from Les Brown, and that's someone else's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. That's one of my favorite quotes of 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 of, of Les Brown's, and I take that to heart every single day. So what else, whatever someone's opinion of you. And again, and that's hard. Sometimes like it could even be a boss. It could be a quote unquote, you know, uh horrible boss who, you know, brings you down a little bit and says, oh, you're no good, blah, blah, blah. You haven't closed anything. You haven't done anything, whatever. Don't worry about whatever someone else thinks. Again, you need to worry about just getting better. Um, other mistakes I've made and other mistakes, uh, I'm sure most salespeople have made, and that is not following up afterward, meaning not getting referrals. Uh, simple, you have a happy customer, not asking for that right away. Uh, you know, there's so many different strategies and tactics on like how to ask for referrals and how to do this and how to do that. And most of the things I've read and most of the actual success that I've had is just flat out asking. Like you can think about the best possible way to to ask for an actual referral there. And there are some tactics that are going to increase that percentage, obviously. Um, but you have to ask. It's really, really that simple. Um, so again, and, and, and this mistake can really tie down in a following up too, because again, you want to want to follow up after the sale. Again, you want to make sure everything's buttoned up. You want to get those referrals. You want to obviously help uh, that customer know that, that, that you're there and that you're someone that is referral-able. Let's go with that word. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to knock down and obviously, uh, you know, I'll knock down some, uh, uh, some of them, some of the more important ones here. Um, one mistake I've made, and I'm sure every sales rep and anyone who's developed any kind of sales call reluctance has had 
and that is taking a rejection personally. Um, there are times where I didn't get the business, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that happened to me. This happened to Zig Ziglar, it happened to Brian Tracy. It happened to, uh, to, <laughs> to a buddy of mine, Tom Hopkins. It happened to a lot of different people. Uh, but it's not worth losing sleep at night over it. It's really, really not. You don't want to take things personally, you know, don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about what went wrong. Just worry about how you can make things better. And again, maybe it wasn't a good fit. Um, maybe, maybe you just weren't skilled at the time. Maybe you didn't know about a product or solution, um, you know, like, or, or something else that you possibly could have offered. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'm going to narrow this down now to what I think are the two most important ones. I'm going to save the best for last. Uh, the biggest mistake I think I've made throughout my sales career And those are times where I thought I knew everything or when I stopped going back to my manager or when I stopped learning. Um, And again, same thing as the actual 60, 90 day rule, same thing as pretty much anything else. You go out, you do everything right. You hustle, you hustle, you hustle, you figure things out, you grow, you become a better salesperson. And then what happens? Nothing you lose business a little bit. Something goes wrong. Some Somehow you fall in a slump and you're like, hey, what's going on? And a lot of times it's as simple as your attitude might have changed. You stopped calling your manager. When I first got into sales, again, when I was striking out, striking out, striking out, striking out, I called my manager every single night. I called him after every single appointment. I said, hey, you know, I tried this. I'm not sure what happened, what's going on, or the customer had this objection, or this is a situation, you know. So again, and and that's why we recommend Blinkist as a resource here, because wherever you're at in your sales career, just starting off, you've been in sales forever, and even, 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 even for someone like me, I listen to audiobooks, I read books every single day, I go through Blinkist, I do every single thing possible to keep growing as an actual salesperson, as an actual professional, because when you stop, uh, what's it like, Mr. I think Mr. Feeney said it from Boy Meets World, uh, when humans stop evolving, that's when they die. So same thing in terms of your selling abilities and everything you have in place, when you stop growing, that's when your sales career is going to die. Think about that again, I mentioned earlier, Text messaging is now a huge thing. So many sales reps are using text message. You know, so many people are using LinkedIn, okay? It's no longer just a cold call. Now you got the email. Now you have the snail mail. Now you have LinkedIn, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. You have all these different things. The selling environment is constantly evolving, and you need to as well. Uh, and lastly, um, and then probably the second biggest mistake I've had, and that's not having a consistent enough uh, high vision of, of 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 what my capabilities were were or are, and 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 really like what I was able to do. Uh, again, talking about sales and things that you can do uh, right now. Obviously, I wake up every morning. I write down what I'm going to do for the day. I write down my goals. I write down what's worked well. I write down throughout the day what hasn't worked well. Uh, and I really, really have in place very, very high goals for myself. Uh, but I also see myself at, I see myself being able to do that. I see myself being able to achieve everything that I actually want to achieve there. Whereas when you're in sales for a while, sometimes you kind of lose that fire. Sometimes you kind of lose that excitement or you lose that actual belief in yourself. 
Um, you know, you let, let, you know, let's say you've been in sales for, for 20 years and, you know, you had certain goals or certain things happen in your life and whatever, something happened where you're not on track, where you're not where you want to be. You're in a slump, whatever's going on. You know, it's hard. It's hard to keep that same high vision of yourself, but I can't, cannot stress that enough. You obviously need to keep that high vision of yourself. You need, you need to, need to, need to always have that in place. Because if you don't have a higher vision, if you don't have a direction, you don't have that passion, it's going to show. It's going to show. So again, in terms of why I'm able to do so many things that I'm doing right now and why I'm constantly growing and why I'm able to balance every single thing that I have in place, that's because of that high vision that I have of myself. That's because I constantly, constantly am seeking to grow. Uh, I, I forget who it was. It was like a judo master or something like that. And a guy who wanted to be buried with a white belt, obviously symbolic, you know, he's a super duper, whatever master judo jujitsu. I don't remember what it was, but that white belt was obviously the big symbol of him being a student. Always, always be a student, but always, always have that big vision and have that in mind. Don't ever doubt yourself. You know, whatever, wherever you're at now doesn't matter. Uh, so again, the biggest sales mistakes I've made as an individual is not having a high enough vision of myself and not not constantly, constantly growing. So stop going back to my manager or I'd be successful and then I would stop listening to audiobooks for a little bit. Um, you know, now I'm at a point in my career where I won't do that anymore. Uh, I Obviously, I constantly want to grow. I want to be the, the, the very, very best um, like Pokemon, like like no one ever was. Uh, but yeah, so again, I just wanted to run through, obviously show uh, everyone, obviously, that I make mistakes. So do most salespeople. I'm hoping that you can learn something from these mistakes. Hopefully you can pick out one or two things. And again, if there's uh, any kind of common sales mistake that you feel like you've made or you feel like your salespeople uh, have made too, and I'll run through that in another one too, obviously. Uh, some some management mistakes that I have made in the past. Again, I, I focus primarily on the mistakes that I made as an individual. So yeah, that about uh, wraps up the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to bensound.com for our intro and outro music. Wanted to thank you guys for listening because obviously without without you guys there, there, there wouldn't be a show. Um, Again, uh, great resource. Check it out. Don't stop learning. Don't stop growing. Head over to pushpullsales.com slash quickread. Check out Blinkist. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, obviously, you know, rate us on iTunes, subscribe, share this. You can tweet us at pushpullsales. You can email us pushpullsales at gmail.com. Obviously, the website www.pushpullsales.com. But yeah, that about wraps everything up. See ya.